What's going on? Everybody. You've got the cardboard coach here with your boy, Coach Co. And team, today we've got very special guests on the podcast here today. We've got Imano and Pete from Hobby Slam. How are you doing today, boys? We're doing great. It's a new year, new day, new blessings, new horizons. I love Fantastic, that. man. Happy New Year to everyone on uh, who's watching. Yes, yes. Happy New Year. Uh, the first one of the new year, so I'm excited to have you guys. So you're going to set the tone for the rest of the year, man. Oh, I mean, yeah, and, and honestly, uh, I mean, we already it, it had announced it at this point, but something to kick off the new year was uh, AA Mint Cards, which is one of the more premier shops down here. Uh, yeah. Shout out to them. They're opening their brand new shop and they announced that the trade night we're hosting with them is going to be the grand opening. So on January 20th, uh, they're going to have this massive space that it, I want to say is like double or triple the size of their shop now. And it's going to be like a, a brand new like breaker haven. Amazing. And I mean, do you guys want to dive into that a little bit? Like, I, I don't want to spend too much time on that, but like, I do want to know, like, uh, yeah, like talk to me about that. You guys are going to be included in the trade night component. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, something that, that we figured is a good way to socialize with the local community down here. Like the, the good thing about South Florida is there is a lot of shops. Right. But a lot of yeah. people don't recognize how many shops there actually are. Um, and the thing about shops in the hobby is it connects the local community with the community, you know, like how you and I connect. You know, we, yeah. we, we connected internationally because you're in Canada. I'm yeah. here online um a lot of people don't really do that when it comes to actually collecting right it's a physical uh hobby for people to do you know you go into a shop you rip a pack of cards you're holding the, the pack and usually the people you're inter uh, interacting with are the people that you get to know yeah um so we, we want to kind of mix the two worlds because down here like a lot of the shops have these great communities and you know we have this way to connect with people around the nation and beyond uh, so, you know, any way we can make that happen. So what we decided was to host a, a trade night tour to lead up to our show. Uh, so we took five of the, the more premier shops around the way, not saying, you know, any particular order, but yeah. you know, these five shops that we felt were in great locations, they were great sizes and that could, you know, benefit the community locally, right? We could connect areas like Miami with Cooper city and Cooper city with West Palm beach and West Palm beach with Pembroke pines and Pembroke pines with Pompano. And you know, these, these areas, the, the tri-county area, uh, they, it's like there's these dividing lines and yeah. even in like worlds like entertainment and music, you see the same exact thing. So we're, we're trying to remove those dividing lines uh, and, and make this a whole community. You know, it's not just South Florida at the end of the day. It's all of Florida. You know, we want people to work their way down from Tampa or Orlando. And we felt this was a great way to do just that. Yeah, I think that the integration aspect of what you guys do and is really kind of what got me on your radar or are you guys on my radar and vice versa, I guess. Uh, one of the, the more prominent things I saw you guys do is the Art Basel. I mean, it's Miami's known for Art Basel week. Um, it's a, a massive, you know, there's an influx of people that fly in and, and it's all about kind of culture and, and that same theme of like bringing everyone together and, and really like an immersive experience. And I saw that you guys had your own, theme you know like it was a sports card type theme in correlation with art basil so do you want to talk a little bit about that because i, th I thought that was awesome and, and where did that idea come up come up or where where did that idea come from and uh, yeah there you go He's already <laughs> pointing right yeah, I, this is something we've worked on i think you know to get um everything 
you know, organized and be able to do it. That's that's something that Daniel has been um, telling me, hey, man, we got to be at Art Basel. Um, you know, I was not the experienced one to be going out to these art shows and seeing the level of opportunity, not only, you know, just to be out there and just to experience what Art Basel is, but how much of a great opportunity it is to put our own little spin on things as collectors. So I don't want to take this is completely your baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just along for the ride and just thought it was a great idea. And thankfully, we had the opportunity to go out and do it. Yeah. yeah. First off, I, I want to say thank you to, to Loop Sports Cards. Um, you know, they're they're a shop that took a chance and they placed themselves in the heart of Wynwood, which is, you know, definitely the most lively area in Miami right now. It's the art district for those who don't know. Um, you know, there's paintings everywhere. You have the Wynwood walls, which is known for like graffiti and pieces of art being put up but for me personally i i came from uh you know the music industry i i was a producer i helped manage some artists and things like that and i was at art basil all the time for all these events and it's just this great feeling because you know it's not just these these high-end events it's the fact that you could get into these events for free it's the fact that you could just you know run into a place and wiz khalifa's having a djing event you go into another place and Timbaland and Swiss Beats are having a beat battle. You know, you go into another spot and, you know, someone's having this like art exhibit while they're painting a Lamborghini in person. And when you think of like sports cards, like, yeah, it's like small potatoes compared to some of these things, especially like price wise in certain aspects. Um, but it's still the same concept, right? Like when you walk into most of these shops now, you see those show your slab walls that are up there yeah. with you know, hundreds of slabs ready to go. Um, you know, you now have custom card art where people are, are cutting up different cards and making their own versions of cards. And we're even seeing, you know, some of these like independent manufacturers coming out of the woodworks that are making their own, you know, artistic feeling of like what their own card should be, you know, with yeah. like people like Steph Curry and Brock Purdy or even like wild card, like wild card, I think is yeah. a very eye appealing card. It's like an artistic looking yeah. card or like celebrity tyson, tyson beck is up there too you know yeah tyson Absolutely. beck he's yeah. another one you know I, the list goes on and on yeah um but in miami like you said art basil is this premier weekend it's almost like if miami had their own christmas that's what art basil really is, is yeah like this, like, cultural <laughs> phenomenon that you cannot find anywhere else you could go to california you could go to new york and all these different places that come close but truth be told art basil is really like none other um, and it only gets crazier every single year. You see these new industries branch on into it. And, you know, I, I won't say we like we we were the first like trade night, real organized like event to happen. I know like DJ Ski has come in and he's tried doing some stuff during yeah. Art Basel, but it just didn't have the same effect. Um, but we really wanted to be a lasting imprint on what Art Basel is supposed to be and continue that expansion of these different industries that mesh in to make Art Basel what it is. Yeah, I, I, I think. You know, we often, especially when the prices for things were going all-time highs, uh, we, we heard a lot of correlation between, you know, sports cards being pieces of art, right? Uh, especially when it comes to, like, vintage pieces, especially when it comes to those seven, eight, you know, seven and eight-figure cards, basically, uh, that they're pieces of art. I mean, these are things that are, I mean, they're limited in print. They're, you know, they're, they're highly sought after. In some cases, they're displayed in a you know magnificent fashion. So, you know, it just makes sense that there's a bit of overlap. Now, not to say that everyone who likes cards is going to like art, and everyone who likes art is going to like cards. But you know, being able to 
connect the dots between those two and create an event out of it and just kind of like piggyback on our Basel, I think is, is a great call on your part. Well, you, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head, right? You're like, there's these people who go to art Basel that may collect. There's these yeah. collectors who may enjoy what art Basel does, uh, you know, for these industries. And a great example of that was, you know, these two guys came from Germany for Art Basel. They found out that we were having the event and they came to Hobby Basel. They dedicated one of their nights to coming to Hobby Basel, you know, with their cards that they had with them. They, they you know, bought tons of wax. They were ripping and they were enjoying themselves. And they were like, I wasn't expecting this to happen. But this, you know, was a highlight for me to be able to come to Art Basel and be able to collect at the same time. The two worlds of what I love are now combined because he was like saying that he loves fashion. He loves music. Right. And now there's a whole nother aspect that goes in there. I mean, even a cool part is, is like Loop is across the street from Billionaire Boys Club and yeah. the employees from Billionaire Boys Club come to Loop. You know, even next door is unknown, which is LeBron James's streetwear shop. And those employees even come into Loop and they love buying cards. So it's the same exact thing. And, and the employees from Loop go into unknown and they, they shop sneakers and they go into Billionaire Boys Club and they shop the clothes and it's all intertwined in one. So, I mean, it, it just makes sense. Yeah. And just to kind of expand on that a little bit, like the, the whole point of everything that, you know, we were trying to do is trying to expand the hobby. I mean, I think that's the goal, trying to get everything out there. So why not try these different avenues where, you know, if we're, you know, if we're doing everything traditionally the way it's been done for the past, you know, 10, 20 years, then we're only going to attract the same people we We've been attracting for the last 10, 20 years. So why not go out there, take some creative chances and, you know, try to, you know, expand the hobby into much more. If it means that, you know, there's going to be more card art and, you know, custom cards and things, you know, at the end of the day, value is in the the eye of the beholder. You know what? At the end of the day, you, you can't look at comps on all those things. So, you know, you can just kind of look at things and say, wow, that means so much to me because that's a player I love, or I have a connection with that in a way that, you know, just ripping a, a regular box of cards may not connect with other people. So, uh, again, it was just awesome to get out there and be able to do that with, with a different kind of audience than we're used to doing at just regular card shows. There are so many great points I want to touch on. The first is it's so funny we're having this conversation because I had a conversation with someone today about card shows. Let's say let's put card shows in, in quotes and how a lot of them or some of them recently have started to incorporate shoes and, and other pieces and that the old school people are kind of uncomfortable about that. And it's not, and they're uncomfortable because they're like, well, they don't really know what, what they are. They don't really know, you know, what is this show? And, and I think that there's this old school mentality where it needs to be one or the other. And I've been talking about for several episodes on this podcast. And I mean, for whoever wants to listen that I think that we're starting to transition into more of a, uh, a hobby of ants. It doesn't have to be ors. You know, you can like art and sports cards. You can like, collecting jerseys and sports cards you can like shoes and sports cards there seems to be this like negative connotation between like if you're a card collector you're a card collector you know like you can't you can't spread your money out to other places and you know like a lot of people came in from the shoe mark like from the shoe the shoe space uh during the pandemic and i think that might have left a, a bad taste in people's mouth because they're like oh you haven't been collecting for three decades or four decades and you came in and ruined the whole thing and I just don't know if that's necessarily true. I don't, I, I, in fact, I know it's not true because at the end of the day, you can't really stop anyone from, from doing anything that they want to do truthfully. And I think that, you know, once you come in, 
the people who are interested are going to really kind of glom onto those interest, interesting aspects. And I think what we're starting to see a, a lot more of, you know, you guys, you, you touched upon art, Imano. Um, I think a lot of people are now looking at cards and it becomes a lot about the artwork. Like, I mean, the most recent prism set, I had a few people reach out to me and say like the manga CJ Stroud is like a, a card that they're looking for. Not even necessarily because it's CJ Stroud. I'm sure that has something to do with it, but just the fact that like they, they turn them into Iron Man and like now, like we're overlapping, all, like, you know, the comics, DC, like movies. There's, there's just like, there's an, an overlap happening right now in the sports card space. And I think that you guys are, are a wonderful part of that. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's like you said, there there can't be like there there has to be an and or a or, yeah. you know, you can't just say if you like sports cards, that's all you can do. I mean, like, you know, first off, when it comes to shows, the biggest thing for us was, you know, there were two there was two reasons why we threw the shows. Right. Um, one, like you said, this, the same old crowd, it, 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 it can't happen. Right. If you recycle the same people with the same collections and the same cards and we're all just ultimately exchanging the exact same things over and over and in different ways and all the different combinations the algorithm could possibly hold for us at that point right it needs to expand it needs to have infinite possibilities and that happens with each person we add into it so when we would go to shows we recognized it was a lot of the same vendors right that was the first thing and then we would try to get onto the shows this is the second part of it, is that we wanted to get onto the shows and then when we would get onto the shows we were told it's really just this circle of vendors and that's gatekeeping at the end of the day, which, you know, I'm, I'm not going to touch up too into the details of who it was, what shows. It's not worth it. Right. But it motivated us to realize, well, all right, we could we could do the same thing. It's not hard to put together a place where you put tables out and you let people come and set up those cards and they just sell the cards. That's the basis of it. And that's the bare minimum, in my opinion, for us, you know, like I said, I came from the entertainment industry. Pete was a baseball player like we we come from different realms of life but we mesh in ways where we see all right there's there's this certain recognizability that we have in common right and we put it together and we make it work it's the same exact thing with these industries when it comes to cards and shoes and art you got to let people come in and find these new audiences right like art basil we said it right there were people who went out there for the fashion but they found cards there were people who went out there for the shoes but they found cards they went out there for the music but they found cards and it now integrated a new business into what they love. We want to do the same thing with card shows, right? Because when you go out to these shows, it doesn't matter what state. A lot of them do have the same exact thing, setting up tables, the same card, <clears throat> the same cards being set up and people trying to find that one thing. But, you know, now with the, the print runs on items, for example, like with Prism, it's not hard to find a lot of the same cards. And then you go table to table. It's like, well, who's just going to give me the cheapest price? And what does that do? It kills the value of what we love. Right. And it doesn't necessarily destroy the business. But like I said, it devalues it time and time again. And with each exchange, when we're just exchanging with the same people, the exact same cards, it doesn't really help. Right. So now you want to bring in these people that when they find those cards, they like you said, they want to hold on to it forever in a way. Right. There's people that look at pieces of art and they're just like, I connect with this in a way that I would never sell it. It's priceless. Right. I want my kids and my grandkids to have this because this means something to me. And we want to hold on to it for generations, right? Like the, the gentleman who has the PSA 10, Mickey Mantle, he's been offered 20 million, 30 million. And God knows what other offers he's probably had roll in. And he denies it time and time again. He's like, it just means too much to me, right? Because it's one of three and it's, it's something so exclusive that not everybody can say they have. 
And that happens when you bring in people like him because he was a memorabilia collector. Yeah. Right. When did the worlds of sports cards and memorabilia come hand in hand together? We don't know, but it happened and it happened over time. Why? Right. Because they go hand in hand with each other. They, they, they're not far apart from what the other one is. It's just two different items being sold. It's the same thing with sneakers. It's the same thing with clothes. That's why we brought in vintage clothing like LNF. They're the, probably the biggest people out of Miami to do things like that. It's why we went for for sneakers with like Dream Kicks for you, who's going to be at our next show. And they're going to have 200 pairs of sneakers ready to sell and some of the rare sneakers that you could find. Right. But that doesn't happen without being open to the idea of collaboration. There's power and partnership. Yep. Right. We can only benefit by bringing in these businesses because they're only going to bring their audience and we're going to bring them ours. So what do we have to lose to give them at least the opportunity to set up at a show and sell some shoes? It's only going to help everybody else because someone may walk in for a pair of shoes and then they see that that to a tag card. They see a LeBron James card. You know, they see a, a Derek Jeter card and they're like, that's my favorite player. I need to get that right now. And I'm going to hold on to this forever. This is the first card I ever bought. I, I brought my friend to the Dallas card show. That's exactly what happened with him. You know, he was like, what should I buy? I was like, well, let's work on this. Let's find what you want. And I, I started asking him, I was like, what would you want to get? He was like, dolphins. And we bought him two, two rookie cards right then and there. And he won't let go of them. He's had them now for the last six months. I mean, he wouldn't know where to sell them to be completely yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, he, he went in and he found something that he had in common with the card collecting world. It was the love of sports. Yeah. You know, and he went, he picked up the player that, that he believes in the most. And that that's what card collecting is all about is belief, passion. You know, it, that's why we call it the hobby. We don't really look at it as a business. We keep referring to it as a hobby because that's what it is. And passion fuels the hobby. Yeah, you see a lot of kids, especially when they open a, a pack of cards, they have no idea how expensive like a like a Tua card would be. And it could be like a third year, but they're like, oh my God, Tua. You know what I mean? Like they're like, I'm keeping this. And like they're like, I even look back on, I mean, there are cards that my parents have passed down to me that are like from a dollar value. It's absolutely worthless. But it's like, this, this is the first, this is the first time that like Eddie Belfort featured in a, in a Leafs uniform, you know? And I'm like, that's that's fucking cool. Yeah, like that's that is really cool. That's fucking cool. You know you what I mean? Their, like you see their face light up in that of moment. Course, too, of course, of course. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like even I mean, I met uh, Mike Palmatier, and my mom's like, "Oh my god!" Like, what do you mean? Like you met and like just like a just watching that happen. It's like it's just so ingrained in people. These are like these are deeply rooted memories that like you'll never be able to take from them. And I, I think that the more times we open these doors. For new entrants, I, I think that that the possibilities are endless. With that, how do you feel about fanatics now coming in and essentially making people or bringing them that much closer to a lot of these athletes and and wanting to turn these events? I mean, it, there's reports that fanatics are going to have an event by the end of 2024. You know, what do you expect for something like that? And how do you feel about the the integration with athletes and stuff? I mean, a lot of people, their immediate reaction is fear. You know, a yeah. lot of people do ask us about that because we throw a show. They're like, oh, are you afraid when Fanatics throws a show? No, I love it. You want to know why? Because they're going to push the envelope to what, you know, the new standard of card shows is going to be. The exact thing that I just rambled on about, like, that's exactly what they're going to do for this hobby. They're going to make sure that these athletes, rappers, you know, influencers and celebrities alike, when they roll through places like the national, I mean, Meek Mill was in the national. I was just about to say he was, at you know, like, like that trade night. Do you know what I mean? Like that's huge for me. Like I crazy, love hip hop, crazy. you know? So like when yeah. I see Meek Mill roll through and I've been listening to him since like 
you know, dream chasers one, yes. me and my friends riding around in 2011. Like I, I, it brings back memories. And like, now he's coming into the world that I also love that I'm starting to, you know, take on as, as a full-time career. And, you know, that's why I love that we throw shows in Miami too. Yeah. You know, it, it, it gives us a, a bit of an opportunity because a lot of them love coming to Miami and it's like, I'm okay with fanatics either throwing their own event or if they're open to partnering with different events, Hey, by all means, we're, we're here for it. How can we continue to expand this industry? You know, like I just said, there's, there's power in partnership. So, I mean, even if it's semi-separate or we go there and support, or, you know, even, even some of their representatives did come to hobby slam. Um, you know, I, I think that it's only going to benefit at the end of the day. It's just more expansion, more growth, more eyes on the products. Um, you know, I mean, even how they're doing things with like with the Tom Brady rollout, that was that was huge. You know, I had uncles and aunts telling me, did you see this on CNN? And these people haven't touched a, a cardboard card in probably 40, 50 years. Yeah. But they saw that. So, I mean, what, what can we have to lose if Fanatic steps on in? I agree, man. Pete, you were going to say something? Yeah, no. So, I mean, with Fanatics, you know, we for everything that we're thinking about of what the show is going to be, it's it's like now you have this giant corporate backing that can really take it to the next level. And the one thing that, you know, from conversations that we've had with people that, you know, either work with Fanatics is that they actually are out there looking to find out what does the collector like? What does the collector want from their shows? What does the collector want, you know, with, you know, who they're bringing in and who, you know, what content they have. So, you know, with their outreach and, you know, whatever corporate, you know, thing that gets scary when it, you know, big money is being brought in that, you know, the little people won't be recognized. I think they're really taking a, an account to try and do this the right way. Otherwise, I mean, fanatics, you know, with their resources and their money, I know they're as popular as they've ever been, but if they really wanted to, they could do this years ago. They had the they had the time. They could get the spaces. They could get the athlete. The way that they've built it up, it sounds like they're trying to do it right, and that they're asking the right people within the hobby to help make it even better and great for no matter who the consumer is. So, uh, I I generally agree that most people will say fear. We see it as a great opportunity to grow grow the well, hobby. One one thing I do want to close it out with even is is. At the same time of, of having that fear, you know, there, there should be a sense of confidence in the hobby because at the end of the day, fanatics can't do what they plan to do without noticing that it takes the little people and those vendors and everything in between to make these kinds of experiences happen. You know, they can't just walk into a national and just think because Meek Mill or whoever is rolling through, that's what's drawing people in. That's not. We were all already there. Yep. You know, we were we were we had the plans to be there regardless. And no one knew Meek Mill was coming through. Did it help when people saw that? Yeah, because it brought new eyes on, which is great. Right. But even with the new eyes, it takes that core, you know, and, and we are that core. And, and they they can't not acknowledge the presence of what the little people do in this. And they need to be able to support those little people in order to see that their bigger picture dreams happen to the way they think it will. I think I agree, I agree with both of you. I think that. Fanatics has been very vocal about wanting to include as many people along with the pro, like a, a, along for the ride, who are actively trying to to grow the hobby, right? Who are who are creating a, a positive experience, who are uh, drawing people in and doing trade nights and 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 stuff of that nature. So I I don't think that you know having them in the event space would 
negatively impact you if anything i think it, it, it might make what you guys are doing like even like to your point even more recognizable i mean i wouldn't be surprised if if they continue to push events like this i don't think that suddenly the conventional card show is just going to completely disappear because there's always going to be stuff like that but i also I, I think that those opportunities to bring in more people fresh faces uh you I mean you have to think about the average person that's coming in i mean to your to your point like your 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 aunt uh, sees a commercial on CNN like that. Those are the type of people that that they're trying to market. Maybe not your aunt, but like the people who watch games. I mean, yesterday I saw someone posted a a story on Instagram. I think it might have been P. Ryan. He was at the Pelicans game and they were ripping packs on the Jumbotron. And so it's just like those little things. Shout out Marksman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, on, they're on loop with us. Yeah, yeah there's some good people right there. There you go. People. There you go. Yeah, so you know what I mean? So there's just so many different uh, touch points for the average person. And it's like, okay, like who's doing this? How are we doing this? And how can we get as many eyes and participants in the hobby to see if they, if they like it, if they want to continue doing it, to find something to fall in love with? Yeah. Go for it. I mean, like... The thing I think of, right, when you bring up even, like, Marksman being at, like, the Pelicans games, like, that's huge already. You know, like, SGC sponsors the Dolphins now. Dolphins, yeah. You know, that that's also huge. And we're seeing where now the mainstream wants to be inclusive of that. I mean, even at the Marlins games and, like, a lot of the MLB games, you saw there were tops graphics where a lot of players were designed as baseball cards, you know. Um, you know, Loop even has a wall at the Marlins games. So it's, like, cool to see all these brands now becoming a part of the actual sport in which you know collecting surround it surrounds itself you know we surround ourselves around the basis of what these players do the market moves based on you know accolades you know things that they do wrong injuries and so on and so forth um so it's like to see now that the cards are somewhat integrated into what actually happens at the game is cool um I mean, but it's not even it's not even the teams themselves, it's the athletes and yeah, Anthony yeah. Volpe yes. has been buying his first Bowman's ever since his stuff dropped. Corbin Carroll just got into the space because his teammate Evan Longoria was a big fan. I mean, A.J. Dillon has been a big part of the space. I mean, I, it, for he, the football he even side knows things, like man. Logan Sargent from F1 and Logan Sargent's dad tells Pete all the time. He's like, hey, if you have any Logan Sargent cards or see Logan Sargent cards. You know, ha have someone give me a call. It's That's it's awesome. so it's so amazing how this is growing, but it starts with all those things. It starts with these teams being able to recognize this is a big thing that we need to start marketing because kids are interested, man, and these athletes being a part of it too, man. You have it, it, it's it was pretty surreal, and I'm not going to mention the athlete, but you come up to a, our hobby slam table, just you know, we're going up, and you see an athlete that you can recognize and say, "Oh my God, I know that person," and he's looking at your stuff, looking, "All right, so well, this is interesting." Where'd you get that? And just asking questions, just like you were a regular Joe, like someone that I couldn't think of having an, a personal connection with through anything. It's through, you know, pieces of cardboard at the end of the day. It's amazing where this industry has started to grow, even just in these small spaces. I mean, we just look at 2023, the growth of of the hobby. It's insane where this could be going, you know, in in, in years uh, to come. I love that. Talk to me about your own collecting journey. So, you know, uh, Imano, you started in the music industry. Where does that, where does the collecting element come in? Is it, does this, do you have like signed records maybe? Do you have like signed? Well, I, I definitely do. Um, yeah, that's I, awesome. I love my, that. My collecting journey actually does still start off with cards, but I'm awesome. not going to necessarily say it's like traditional sports cards. So yeah. there, 
once upon a time and this makes me feel old at this point now <laughs> like now it's at this point like almost 25 30 years ago almost yeah there was this game called MLB Showdown. Oh my God! Oh, yeah, I love and this game, man. Did, did you know about this game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, for, <laughs> so for those who don't know, you had this like piece of paper that you laid out, and it was like a baseball field, and you had you know nine, ten players or whatever it was, and you had a twenty-sided dice, and ultimately when you roll this dice, you add it to the numbers that the player has on the card, and it equates to you know a hit or an out or yeah. you know if it's a pitcher, it could be a strikeout or whatever the case is. Um, but it was it was this like small phenomenon i feel like in a way down here at least in south florida like me and my friends would play all the time and after school we would go to our local card shop and play there and i would buy singles like i remember having my mom like buy me the barry bonds card which was like the ultimate cheat yep. code which lo and behold later on you know we find out <laughs> why it was such a cheat code but nonetheless you know like i, I remember it creating this like commodity our camaraderie between me and my friends where, you know, we were always trying to, you know, outdo each other, outperform, collect the, the new card. And for me, that led to, you know, Pokemon. It led to Yu-Gi-Oh! It led to um, then collecting actual sports cards. Like, I remember even going to this arcade. There was an arcade down here in Boca called Chamberlain's. And I remember they had a box in 92 Tops basketball. And I was like, I, I don't even know what was in it, but I wanted it. Yeah. And I got it and I remember it had the Shaq rookie and I held on to that Shaq rookie for like 20 years until him and I started to break. Mm -hmm. And I sold it on a single stream that we did on whatnot when we had started, you know, it was kind of like bittersweet because like I had pulled it. And then even in the same uh, realm at the same exact time when I was at Chamberlain's, I got another box they had from like 0506 tops and I had like a LeBron James card and I ended up sending that to SGC when him and I started, you know, and then I ended up selling that down the line. But it's like, the, the matter of fact is, is that, like you said, even like your family held on to these cards and they, they, they mean something. Um, so it took us into this journey where now, you know, 20 years after I'm collecting these cards almost, you know, Pete and I are working together. We were working customer service and he starts telling me, he's like, yeah, me and my cousin have been collecting these football cards. You know, the new rookie class is incredible with this guy, Justin Herbert and Tua. And 2020 was a good year, man. Yeah, 2020 yeah, was a great year. And that's when you start hearing about like that Lucas sale that, yeah. you know, all these people are making this insane money. And it's like, yeah, at first you think of like, well, I can make money off of this stuff. I used to collect. I, I you know, I love sports. But then you start refining that passion along the way. And that's exactly what happened. So like after two months of him telling me about this, um, and now I start watching breaks and I'm buying into breaks and, you know, him and I are going to these shops. I just like tell him, like, are you still interested in doing this? Like as like a business and we jump on into it and, you know, starts off small time, part time. Um, but we were blessed with an opportunity when we started throwing the show to, to go full time with it. And now, like we have our own office space. Uh, we connect to all the local shops. So, I mean, it, it was passion turned into a way where we were like, this is an opportunity for us to, to create a new source of income. And we rediscovered that passion once again. And it's even like reinvigorated our passion for sports. Like, you know, Pete loved baseball, but like I haven't seen him this enthused about baseball ever since I met him, you know, and it comes with us being able to like yesterday we host a Bowman draft break and I send him a picture. Look what we pulled. It's this green auto of Paul Skeens and an orange auto of Wyatt Langford. And it's like, that's freaking amazing because who was the first person to tell me about Wyatt Langford? Pete, because this guy's prospecting all the time. And now he actually uses that knowledge of prospecting into his collecting world. Yes. It's it's crazy because you asked that question and immediately like a memory just pops up. I remember me and my cousin um who really is is kind of the person that brought me back into it. I remember us um you know washing cars um 
around the neighborhood just getting money so that we can go and buy a box of cards for ourselves. Um, and it's just those memories kind of come up of like where it started. Well, you know, it started, you know, through, you know, Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh when we were younger and how much, man, I, I wish I had, you know, the wherewithal to keep all those packs in packs <laughs> when I did. Because that's why they're so expensive now, though, you know, because everyone, everyone. (laughs) So, but, but now, like, you know, in in 2020, when, um, you know, Daniel is one of those people or Imano, you know, it's, it's hard for me because, you know, we're, we're so close. I call my first name so much. Um, when we got into it, the one great thing about Imano, um, is that if he gets into something passionate, he puts a hundred percent into it. And, you know, for me, like I, I'm one that has these passions and these things that came about and we just took it and, and went off on it. I remember in 2020, man, you know, you've never waited until you're at 5 AM at a target waiting for them to open for whatever, to hope that you get a blaster, you know, a blaster. I slept outside of a target for one megabox. I mean, that's crazy. And then now, you know, to now where we are, where, you know, there's, we can host a case break of all these different options. You know, we're hosting our own show that people are going to come to. um, And, you know, again, to have the people that we had, I mean, you know, we had over 2000 people come through our door for just our second show. The impact in just such a short time, we're only talking three years. Uh, It's amazing where, you know, just something that we did you know, innocently as kids, something we had a passion for has become, you know, even more of a passion and quite frankly, our livelihood here as adults. I love that. And it's it's a similar story to so many people I speak to. It's a similar story. I mean, even quite frankly with me, I found that I just, you get so wrapped up in like the rat race, uh, especially when you transition from like, a kid into like early early adolescent you start working and you know things kind of deviate and you almost like lose passion so you get you come out of school and like you're no longer playing sports and you know everything is kind of like what is this going to give for me what, what is this going to do for me like how do i survive while also incorporating this in my life and the pandemic hits and and i'm like you know what let's go back and figure out like what am i actually passionate about you know like what do i what do what are my hobbies because i don't have any Right. Like I'm like a hobby can't be going out like and, and going for a few drinks. Like That's like, it can't be a hobby. Right. Like, yeah, well, that's, that's alcoholism. An yeah, yeah, I know. I know. That's I know. Of course. Of course. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I like watching. And of course, like I, 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 but there's no sports on TV. So I'm like, okay, well, and I'm like, wait a second. Like I collected like my whole life. I, I collected something, you know, like, and I've, I've kept up with some collections, but I, I really, like, I, I get that, that, feeling inside that nostalgic i'm a kid again when i'm collecting and and i jump back into collecting and i started talking about collecting and you know and then fast forward and now all of a sudden like this has enhanced my life in ways that i've never i could never have imagined like i i ended up sharing a stage with with ray borg who's someone like i like i watched on tv like i remember him lifting the stanley cup for the colorado avalanche and i'm like bro this is like I had never imagined a million dreams or a million dreams, <laughs> never in a million years would I have dreamed of this, right? Even so, a million dreams, man. A million <laughs> dreams as well. Like that's still accurate. I'm not even going to take that away from you. <laughs> like, I mean, how many, how many people look at you crazy, right? When you tell them you're traveling from Canada to Florida for freaking sports cars. I know. I know. It's true. I mean, most of them think I'm saying sports cars. <laughs> oh yeah. At first they're just like, what kind? Like Corvettes, Lambos. And it's like, we have no, like those. I'm, 
I'm talking about like this rookie card right here. <laughs> you know, pull out a piece of paper. You gotta have like a you have one in your back pocket just in case. But yeah, no, it's 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 amazing. And I like I said previously, just having so many different people as advocates and trying to get more people into the space. Uh, people when they're passionate about what they're doing, it the C's almost part. Like, I mean, this is actually something that came directly from, from Steven from filth bomb. He was on one of our podcasts a few weeks back. And he said that, you know, like I tried so many different things as I, you know, as I was growing up and, you know, I've always been an entrepreneur, but you know, when I found this path, it's almost like the C's parted and things just kind of like fell into place. Right. And, and it sounds like that's what happened with you guys. I know it's what happened with me. I, there's so many stories like this in the sports card hobby. And in the collectible space in general, that I, I I just I have the utmost of of love and and I guess optimism for the entire space. Yeah, I mean, like one one thing I'll tell you about is like you know you're talking about like how we have to rediscover our passions, right? The things that 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 fuel us, that give us life, that literally make your face tingle. Yeah, like when you're you're going through, like I'm I'm feeling that right now, like when we're having this conversation, like it's so cool that like we get to connect with somebody in an entirely other country. Yep. Over sports cards, right? It's like even your friend said, like splitting the the sea. It's it's that's the exact feeling you want. Um, you know, I think. It's not really that we we lose sight of what makes us feel that way, right? It's just we kind of forget it in a sense. Like it like it like escapes us, right? It's there, but it escapes us. It's like a shadow. It's like like Peter Pan's shadow, right? Like he was always yeah. chasing his shadow. And he he then finally caught it and he pinned it down to his feet. And it's like when you become an adult, right? You're told like full-time work, go to school. You know, you're 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 told what the standard is supposed to be, but we we forget the idea that being a human is a unique experience to every other human. Like everything I go through is not going to be what Pete goes through. Everything Pete goes through is not going to be what you go through and so on and so forth. But, you know, we, we still kind of have similar experiences on the sense of the way it makes you feel. And we lose that feeling of what that passion is when we, we get told what the standard is and we go based on other people's standards and other people's expectations of how they feel upon us and what life should be for us. Right. But you need to always remind yourself, like, what is the thing that's going to keep you, you know, putting one foot in front of the other so you can walk down your own path, right? You can't walk down somebody else's path because they're already on that path. So you'll never get to go around them and get ahead of them, right? And even when you do, then they're going to take it in the wrong manner. And that's when problems begin, right? But we we succeed when we recognize the uniqueness in being able to walk our own path. And like, for me, I, I got told that, you know, and my, I know my mother and my father and everybody in my life told me those kinds of things because they love me and they care about oh, me. Right? Of course, it, man. It doesn't and ever come from a they bad want, They want the best for you, you know? Exactly. And like, it comes and, from a sense of insecurity. Like, I don't want you to make any mistakes like I did. I yeah. want you to... I, or I don't even want you to be hurt. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. I mean, like a parent doesn't want like their, their kid to be hurt, right? So, yeah. but that, that's actually the opposite. My mother that's like the opposite of what from. you need. You know, like you actually need that failure. You need that disappointment. Like, you know, yeah, you actually exactly. need that to figure out what exactly like where does this all fall into place? Like wounds don't heal unless you allow them to, you know, and 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 we we fall and we scrape our knees and you have to get up every single time. Like there, there's no reason not to because your path continues based on the way you feel about yourself and your passions and things like that, you know, and, and when my family told me those kinds of things and and. I didn't recognize that it was coming from a good place. I did it because I thought that that was just what you got to do. You know, my friends were doing it as well because their parents were also telling them. Right. But I always knew in my stomach it was just like one of those things where it's like there's something more, you know, and and 
every day that goes by, you lose a sense of what that something more can be or, or that, that hunger to go chase after that something more, you know, and, and I, I, I recommend nobody ever loses that. You know, I, I, I'll say I, I definitely spent years where I feel like I lost that feeling. Me too, man. You know, cause yeah, I, I was yeah. doing what people had suggested and, and I didn't do it out of a bad place. They didn't suggest it out of a bad place, but it comes out of the idea of, like you said, just that safest, that safeness, that security, uh, you know, trying, trying to basically feel life's warm embrace. Right. But it doesn't come unless you take risks at the same time, you know, where, where there's security, you have to find balance between security and risk. You know, I, I can make a gamble. Right. But if I'm gambling away my mortgage, then I'm going to lose my house. Of course. Right. So that's why, like, for me personally, I stick to five or $10 bets, yeah. you know, and that that's just me. But I, I realized, you know, when him and I were working full time, I, was having a great time where we were working. We had a lot of great opportunities. We were in this young company that was growing very rapidly. They're, you know, multi-billion dollar industry today. And we were with them from some of the growing steps. Um, you know, Pete and I probably both saw like five, six promotions in like, you know, three, four years. We were in the same department. And at the end of the day, him and I would always like tell each other, like, you know, this is great. We're, we're going down a path where, you know, sooner or later we're going to get salaries and, you know, we're going to be able to support families. And, you know, he was about to get married, all this stuff. And then, boom, the pandemic hits. Right. And then they're starting to tell people like, oh, you know, we're going to work from home. We're going to start doing it. And it, it, it puts a strain on it. And then all of a sudden that sense of security vanishes. Right. Because then you're like, well, what could happen? Right. I'm seeing this business is gone. I'm seeing this local restaurant just is gone. I never thought that place would leave. You know, this person is now leaving the state because they have no more opportunities here and they need to go seek it elsewhere. And it, it turns from security into panic. Right. And now you're just like, well, what am I going to do? And that's like what I'm sure you kind of did the same thing, right? You turn toward, well, what do I love? Because what I love is going to be the thing that makes me feel secure again. And my, my love was music, but I couldn't go to concerts no more. Right. So I had started a podcast and I started bringing in artists to my house. We would wear masks and everything, but I was interviewing them and I was making sure we stayed connected to people because it turned from being able to connect at a concert to, you know what? People want to know who you are. Yeah. And, you know, then I started a podcast with him. But the thing was, you only had so much that you could do when there's this limitation on life. Right. But then cards presents this whole new realm with breaking. Right. And and people going on whatnot and all these new platforms for like auctions, um, you know, and now Fanatics is taking an interest and expands this this industry. And the beautiful part is, right, you rediscover that passion. Pete and I rediscover that passion. And now the, the even more beautiful part is how full circle things are. Yes. Right. Like when me and Pete worked full time. I could never get this guy to stop playing Pokemon at his freaking <laughs> desk, right? Like, it's like, what are you doing? Oh, I have my emulator on playing Pokemon. <laughs> this guy's about to start his own Pokemon channel, right? Unreal. And that's just Unreal. aside from the cards. Like, our, yeah. our card business is fueling his passion to now go and stream Pokemon, right? We just got a desktop computer. I'm producing music again. I haven't been able to do that in the last few years in a, in a right state. You know, now I got my amplifier and everything all hooked up with my guitar and all this stuff. And now I'm able to recreate my music business through cards, Right. And things will always come full circle. Right. Like maybe, you know, you, you have your focus on this one passion in life. Right. But it shifts based on experiences and what life throws at you. Right. The pandemic threw a big ball of crap at everybody. For sure. And it, it made everybody have to not look with the blinders on, but take the blinders off and now look around a little bit and see, well, like, what else do I have? Because your hobbies aren't limited to just one. Yeah, it's it's whatever you put your heart into and your heart has so many different pieces. So, I mean, like at the end of the day, just pursue those passions and it may not be that one at the time, but just 
turn a little bit to the left, you're going to find that other one. You're going to see those paths merge into one. I agree. I think, I think it's finding your healthy obsession, you know, I, and at the end of the day, it's got to be it's got to be healthy. Um, you know, for me, it was baseball. Um, you know, I wanted to you know, I wanted to be an MLB player. I I, I you know. I worked my butt off and, you know, I was, I was blessed with the ability to play college baseball. Um, but, and, you know, have some opportunities outside of college baseball. Um, unfortunately, you know, I, I had to get my entire back repaired. Um, and you know, all those opportunities, you know, were gone. They, you know, they, they didn't, they, they weren't there. And all of a sudden I'm sitting there and, you know, my obsession, you know, to be the best, you know, player, you know, that I could be, turned into, well, what do I do now? You know, what, what, what is next for me in life? Um, and you know, I, you know, just like Daniel, we, we, we had very, very good support systems, um, that kind of helped us, you know, kind of figure out what we liked. And, you know, I'm very thankful, um, for that job to leading me, um, to a friendship, not just with, with Imano, but with other people that, um, are positive influences in my life. And it was a very nice, um, temporary, obsession, but being able to find the things that really make you happy in life and then just going full force and going at it. You know, I, I remember leaving that job. I specifically left that job and took a job for the, for the money, um, took a job so that I can have a great we, salary. We both actually did. And, we and, both went to the exact, so we jumped company to company and like, and I've never been as miserable as taking a job for the money. And I, it was nice. You know, the paycheck felt good, but I didn't, I was coming home and, you know, I, I was, you know, I, I was irritable, you know, I, I, you know, it, it, it's, I had, I my just want to disclose it, that this guy was running a customer service company, like the entire company for an AC company in South Florida in the middle <laughs> oh, of summer. I'm just letting everybody it know was, this. Oh, this was literally just for the summer. It was as miserable as I've ever been. And, and I'm, you know, I, I, it felt like I was kind of in like a dark space and, you know, for me, the pandemic was an opportunity for me um, to not only, you know, I, I found a lot of the loves back in my life, man. I, you know, I found a men's league that I can still, you know, go out there and feel like, all right, you know what? I, I still can do this a little yeah. bit. You know, I can yeah. go out there and show my stuff. And then I started to get into cards and that just became the healthy obsession that I needed in my life, um, to continue pushing on and finding something. And at, at the end of the day, if you have something that you truly, truly love, um, and, and you can obsess over it work as hard as you can at it, man, because it, it, it may seem like it's just the longest, it, it may seem like the longest road. It may just start with, you know, you just opening a, a pack of, or a, 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 a blaster of 2020 Bowman where I got reinvigorated, but that has turned into what it, you know, the passion that it is today. And the first day of 2024, I'm excited that I may, you know, I, I never make that regret that I left that job that I had that comfortable salary for and went out and I took that leap of faith. Um, and, and I can't regret it because I, you know, what I may not have, you know, financially for that short amount of time, I made up for it where I, I just feel like a much happier person. Just feel whole at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, I mean, it brings me to a quote. It was like the, the, the man who loves walking will walk further than the man who, who like, like loves a destination. It's like, when you're in that position where you're, it's just money focused, it's very clear, like, okay, like show up at work, 
get a paycheck and I'm going to be doing this for six or seven years or 10 years or 15 years, or however long I'm going to be here and I'm going to retire. And then there's a, like, then life starts. Do you know what I mean? Versus, I mean, you tell me that there's different stages. You open your, your first box of Bowman. You have no idea where that's going to lead. You, it's out of like sheer curiosity, you know, and you're like, and you're so excited to like figure something else out. And you're like, oh, let me like do some research on this card and research on this player. And, you know, like uh, now I'm in the grading companies and and you're, you're actually, it just kind of consumes you because you just, uh, to your point, like having a healthy obsession, you just have no choice but to fall down the rabbit hole, you know? And and I think that's, I think if more people felt followed their passions, I think obviously a lot of more people would be happy. Uh, obviously, I mean, I feel invigorated just having a conversation with both of you. And so hopefully <laughs> the audience does as well. I want to make sure that everyone who's listening has the opportunity to either experience, uh, you know, what you guys are all about, whether that's in a, the physical form. So actually being at your shop, at one of your shows, at one of your trade nights, consuming your content, either through the podcast or through your, your other channels. So let me know and let our audience know where can we find out more about Hobby Slam? Where can we find out more about Pete? Where can we find out more about Imano? Um, I mean, like the, the thing I'll say is this, and I, I guess it's a way for us to also kind of let people know, you know, what our focus is for 2024. Um, we, we're looking to be more media based at this point. You know, we actually have our podcast fully launching on a regular basis uh, starting up this month. Uh, it. It's going to go biweekly and it's ultimately every season is in preparation for every show we throw. So for those who don't know who we are and what we do, we come from Hobby Slam. Hobby Slam is it started off as a show and it started off in a gymnasium and now it's gone into a convention center down here in Miami, Florida, right? 10, 15 minutes away from downtown Florida or downtown Miami. I'm sorry about that. And we just look to incorporate not just sports cards, but the worlds of sports cards with arts and music and things alike that continue to expand this community it's a beautiful community that we have here um so ultimately i mean yeah we're going more media focused you know we want we want to have a podcast out because you know it's like you said you want you want to know more about pete you want to know more about imano we want people to know who we are you know we don't want it to just be this like ominous brand where people are like well who is it and stuff like that it's like yeah. no it's like we, we we are a part of this community as much as we want to connect the community you know you'll catch us at every event that we're hosting and it's the entire team and we're going to make sure that you know we're, we're inter interacting and engaging with every single person that's there um you know it's not just a sales-based initiative anymore it's it's purely connection it's purely collaboration it's purely to make sure that the community only benefits from whatever we do um, and that's why we took it from just throwing traditional shows to having a trade night tour where we're going to be going around to five different shops you know we're we're at art basil now which is still mind-blowing to me because i i love art basil as an attendee you know like the night before art basil i was literally at uh action bronson concert and went in front of loop to kind of motivate myself a little bit eating a piece of pizza and there's rick ross right there Crazy. you know just performing in the shop across the yeah. street and it's like to know that that we're able to create these experiences now, it means so much. But what would be more beautiful is just having more people understand that it's like, let's all connect this community together. You know, even like what you're doing, coach, is like huge because I, I love your personal page, man. I love I love what you actually do. Like you wake up every morning, you're walking. Yeah, I wake yeah. up, I'm like, man, this guy walks in the blistering cold. I at least get to walk out to tropical paradise. Like, let me walk out here right now and go enjoy myself. And like even like the 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 motivation you put out there is like 
it doesn't just pertain to one certain lifestyle. It's like beautiful that like all these different lifestyles are now meshing together. You know, even like shout out Dr. Collectible. Dr. Yeah, Collectible man. is bringing to, to life people to understand that diversity is a beautiful thing. And diversity doesn't just mean the shade of skin that is on your body. It's also what do you collect and how you collect and, you know, from music to, to cards and beyond, like the, these are beautiful things that continue to happen within this community every day. And we're just looking to continue to grow that conversation and, and grow it any other way that we can. So to find us, if you're looking for us, Hobby Slam on Instagram is where you're going to be able to find us. You're going to be able to find all of our connected page through there. You have uh, Rips by Imano over here. Pete Pulse Heat is where you can find us as far as our card different pages. Obviously, our show is going to be June 21st through the 23rd, yeah. Friday through Sunday. Check it out, man. It Hobby Slam 3 is going to be in our estimation, we want to have a premier card experience here in South Florida and we want to create and we want to be, you know, it, again, we want to make sure that everyone understands that the South Florida community is a big time card collecting and card loving community. And Hobby Slam is where you can find all of that this is in where one I'm place. Cut my wrestling promo real quick. Do you I got to go cut for my, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm so, not now, so now we can. Just let you have it like real quick. Guys, yeah, you yeah, don't understand. Course. This is not just any show. 350 tables, sports cards, trading cards, vintage clothing, sneakers, Tell all them. that beautiful stuff. We're going to continue to mix mesh and all that, right? Not only that, you get to come to sunny South Florida, Miami, Florida at that in the middle of the summer at the most beautiful time when people actually want to be here. So you get to go vacation where you can also collect at the same time. Make some money in the sun. Go sit by the pool, go run over to the beach, go grab a drink, go hit up Big Pink and have yourself a little donut burger with the Kobe beef. I really don't care. But you're missing out if you're not coming down to Miami, Florida, June 21st through the 23rd, 2024 to the Miami Airport Convention Center and experiencing a show that you've never experienced before. Something that's going to set the tone for other shows, not just for the year, but for decades to come. We'll see you at Hobby Slam. And. Guys, we are going to a lot of shows as well. Um, the next one, I believe we're going to be at is Culture Collision. Collision in Atlanta. Shout you, out Prism God. If you guys yep. see us, man, we're always uh, – our big thing is connection, man. Come up to us. Say, hey, man, I saw you guys on, on, on Coach's podcast. <laughs> come on. Love up. it. Come we, we are very, very approachable. Well, I'll shout out the shows real quick. I know we're going to Culture Collision in January, Bay Area, Bay Area Card Show in February, Great People Up in Tampa. Uh, more than likely, we're going to be hitting up Dallas in March, as well as the Palm Beach Card Show, another great card show here in South Florida that takes place in West Palm Beach that's going to be happening in early March. You don't want to miss that one as well. I know tables are selling out fast for that, so yeah, get on that immediately. Um, and then probably from... I do want to go to Canada. I don't know when the next Toronto show is, though. I think you might have to. So ours is uh, the, I think, the 23rd of April to the 26th. Oh, that I might think. not be bad. That's yeah, like yeah. right before my birthday, so that, maybe that might make sense. That may be uh, that may be at least a Daniel-only show. I'm expecting a daughter around that time. Hey, um, congratulations. I probably will not be there for that time. That's kind of going to be my my little dead area. But I, we, ha I, we have I, an I, agreement that if the baby's born on my birthday, he's going to name it Daniel. I have not. It's already been decided. <laughs> the name's been, the name Middle is not name. going to be announced until the date, but whatever. <laughs> Daniela. Daniela. <laughs> no. Exactly. No, actually, that's completely. He refuses it. <laughs> I love it. Guys, honestly, thank you so much for joining today. Team, you already know, like we said previously, Hobby Slam. Check out their socials. 
check out the damn show and uh, feel free to reach out to Imano and Pete. As, as you know, you guys, these are wonderful people. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode of the Cardboard Coach featuring Hobby Slam. Coach Co and Imano and Pete are out of here. We Peace. appreciate you, Coach. Appreciate you.